TLR, how y'all feeling? Y'all feel good? Yes. I'm excited to be here tonight. Uh, Samer said, don't go as long. I'm a black preacher. I'm going to try not to, y'all. I'm going to try not to. I promise you, okay? All right, listen. I got a lot to say. It's, it's, it's a lot in my mind. He said, listen, I want you to tell the students what you would tell your college age self. It's a lot of things that I would say. I'm not going to say everything, but, but I'm going I'm to try to make it concise, okay? And so in, in order for me to, to do that, I got to introduce you to my college age self. Here, here's a picture of myself in college. I'm on the far left. My cousin Chris is in the middle and my twin, that's my twin brother on the far right. So it's, that's my twin brother Maurice, Marquise Maurice. Why y'all laugh? <laughs> Little sister named Latrice, Marquise Maurice Latrice. Older sister named Tiffany. We don't care about her, right? <laughs> Kidding. All right, here we go. This is me. This is me on the far left. And number one, Blackberry on the, on the hip, clipped. That was, that was interesting times. But, but this is my college age self. And, and as I look at this guy, as I look at him on a serious note, man, I would love to really go back and grab him by the shoulders and, and say, Q, that's my nickname, Q, I got a lot to tell you. I got a lot to tell you. At this time, I gotta, I gotta let you know, at this time I was trying to figure life out. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I'm living at home. And, and, and there was this thing within me. I was, a, I was a Christian. I was a believer at the time. There was something in me that said that, that, that God wanted to do more in my life, but I just didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that looked like. And, and so I remember having this, this moment in my life where I'm just like, I'm just going to try to go get this job. I'm going to try to go get it just like any job and try to figure out what I want to do with my life. I'm in school. I was at a community college at the time. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was majoring in chemistry. Let me tell you something, I don't know nothing about science, but I thought I was gonna be a PA, a physician's assistant, because I found out they made six figures a year. That was literally the only reason why. But, but I, I'm sitting here, I'm taking all these chemistry classes and these bio classes, and, and my mom is like, hey, it's good that you're in school, but, but I need you to get a job. And so I'm like, all right, what do, what do people do when they go get a job? This was my first job. I did not have a job in high school at all. I'm like, what do people do? So I did what anyone does who doesn't have a job. I went to the mall, and I just walked through the mall trying to figure out who would hire me. And then I went to this dark, cove-looking place that smelled really good. It's called Hollister. Y'all know what Hollister is? Okay. So I went to Hollister. And I went in. They hired me. And so I'm working at Hollister, y'all. And, and I'm working. I'm trying to figure out what what life is gonna be like. And, and I didn't realize at the time what, what God wanted to do in my life. I'm at Hollister and it was good for a season, but then after folding the 868,000 t-shirt, I was like, God, what am I doing with my life? Where am I headed? Like, which direction am I going in? I'm taking these classes. I'm trying to figure out like what, what you're calling me to, it felt like God had more for me. But I'm sitting here and I'm working at Hollister and I'm saying, I'm greeting everybody. Hey, welcome to Hollister. I'm folding these t-shirts. I'm trying to figure out, God, what is going on in my life? And one of the first things that I would tell my college age self is this. None, none of it's wasted. I, I know 
Marquise, I, I know you're, you're working at this job that you don't see going anywhere. I know you're taking classes that doesn't look like it's connected to what God has called you to. I know you're doing all of these different things. And I know life doesn't look like what you want it to look like right now, but none of what you're doing is wasted. Mar Marquise, I know you feel like you're just going nowhere. You're just spinning your wheels. But I'm telling you that everything that you're doing right now today, it's not wasted. And y'all, I want to echo that same thing to you. I don't know where you are in the room. I don't know what job you have. I don't know what you're majoring in. I don't know what relationship you're in. I don't know what you're doing, but I do know this. None of what you're doing at this age is wasted. God wants to use exactly what you're doing and connect it to what his ultimate purpose is in your life. God wants to take everything that you have, everything that you are, and connect it to his purpose for your life. And at the time, I didn't know how it was connected. I didn't know what it meant to, to, to be at this school and, and, and have this job and, and look like my life was going nowhere. But you know some things that I did learn working at Hollister? I would learn some work ethic, and that's connected to my purpose. I learned what it looked like to show up on time and not leave until the work is done, and that's connected to my purpose. I, I learned what it looked like to be a man of my word and hold true to the commitments that I made to people, and that, y'all, is connected to my purpose. I say all of that to say that none of what you're doing is wasted. And I wasted a lot of time playing that game that if you work at one of these types of jobs, you know the game where you look and you say, you know what, I'm not even going to look at the clock. I'm going to just do as much. I'm going to just fold a thousand t-shirts and I'm going to look up and I'm going to have 15 minutes left in my shift. And you try it, you do it, and you look and it's five minutes have gone by and you're like, I hate this place, right? It's like, what am I doing? But none of it's wasted. And here's what I wish I would have grasped hold of to at, at that time of my life. It's this scripture that, that I want to show you. The scripture... It's found in Colossians, and it says this, whatever you do, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. Every single day you go and do something you don't want to do or that you do want to do. It is the Lord Christ you're serving, whatever that job is, whatever that class you is that, that, that you're taking, whatever that, that friendship that you're working on, whatever uh, internal work that you're doing in your life, I'm telling you that you got to work at it as if God himself is the one that is your supervisor. What energy, what, what work ethic what excellence would you take into this next season if God was your supervisor and not the person that you're thinking of? Not the person that's your actual supervisor. If God was your supervisor, what excellence would you bring to your work? And, and, and what the author of Colossians is saying is that whatever you find yourself doing, work at it with all you have. And I know in this season, in this season of life, when, when you're doing something you don't really want to do and you don't know what it looks like, what, what, what we tend to think and the question that we tend to ask ourselves is simply this. Is what I'm currently doing going to be the thing I end up ultimately doing? And that's what we get fixated on. Is what I'm currently doing ultimately going to be the thing that I end up doing? 
But I think a better question, y'all watch it online, I think a better question is, is who I'm currently becoming the person I ultimately want to become? Ooh, my goodness. All right, let me calm down. Is who I'm becoming the person I ultimately want to become? Not, not just what you're doing, is it connected to the ultimate thing? God is, is, is folding T-shirts into my future? Maybe not. But Marquise, you're becoming somebody. That, that I'm molding you and I'm shaping you into the person that I want you to be ultimately. Here's the second thing that I would told myself, my college age self. Take the leap. Take the leap. This is the age, and I know I, know I run the risk in even saying this sounding like Gary Vee, but I'm going to say it anyway. This is the time to go after whatever God has placed on your heart. This is the time to take that risk and go after the things that you feel like, man, I think this is what God is calling me to. I think this is what is in my future. I think this is the person I should date. I'm going to shoot my shot. Take the leap. Y'all, I'm telling you, this is the age to do it. My, my wife, the person that my wife was dating before me was Kawhi Leonard of the Los Angeles Clippers. I remember, watch this. I remember meeting my wife and I was talking to my boy and I said, yo, listen, I met her in college. I said, this is, a, this is the type of person that I want. She was giving. She was others-centered. She just loved on people who could do nothing for her. She was humble. All of those things were the reason why I wanted to go after her. And, and so I remember telling my boy, Lance, I was like, listen, I think this is the one, bro. I think this is the one. He said, Marquise, listen, you, you don't know this. Her ex her ex just made $90 million. You're a youth pastor. I was like, okay, bro, hold up. You're not just going to play my life like that, okay? He said, no, you, you don't understand. He, he, just, he literally just won a, a NBA finals championship. You drive a Nissan Altima. I was like, here's why I say all that. Of course, of course, that moment was like a little bit defeating, but I thought to myself, I would be more mad at myself for not taking the shot and failing than to take the shot and end up or find out what God has for me. Find out if this is actually what is in my future. And this is something I want to just put on you. This is the time to go after whatever opportunity you feel like God is laying on your heart. Friendship, relationship, career-wise, whatever it may be. I'm not saying go out and be uh, dumb. I'm not saying go out and throw caution to the wind. But I am saying that at this juncture of your life, that God has given you your youth. God has given you your, your, your eagerness. God has given you all of these things in this season to go after it with everything that you have, to give your whole self to it. As a matter of fact, I want, I want to show you this quote that, that changed the game for me, not just then, but even now. This, this man by the name of Tom uh, Gilvich, he, he said this, Tom uh, Gilovich said, 84% of our regrets are regrets of inaction, not action. 
84%. He did a study where he, uh, was on, uh, he was bedside with these people who had terminal illnesses and they were basically on their deathbed. And he said, hey, out of all of your regrets in life, which are the ones you regret the most? And 84% of them said that I have regrets of inaction. I have regrets of that job I didn't go after. I have regrets of that relationship I didn't go after. I have regrets of that opportunity that I left on the field. 16% of them said, man, I did something I wasn't supposed to do. I went after this thing and I shouldn't have did that. But 84% said that most of their regrets were regrets of inaction, not the ones of action. I remember being in this season of my life, my college age years, and feeling like, y'all, and I'm going to just be honest with you, I just felt like God had placed on me that he wanted me to be in full-time ministry. I didn't know what that looked like, but I was crazy about ministry, and I just wanted to go after ministry with everything that I had. But I kept putting logic, and I kept putting my my lack of degrees, and I kept putting uh, my family dynamic, and I kept putting my past history, and I kept putting all of these things in front of going after it. And I'll never forget being at a bowling alley and God speaking to me. He didn't speak to me audibly, but as certain as you are that you hear my voice, this is how certain that I felt the Holy Ghost unction me with these words. The Holy Ghost said this to me, y'all, and it jacked me up. Stop making ministry a plan B when I intended for it to be a plan A. Stop making ministry plan B when I intended for it to be plan A. And at that time, I just said, you know what? I got to take this leap. And I got to just go after it. I got to go after what it looks like. And I don't know fully what the plan is. And God, I don't know the end result, but I'm going to trust you with the next step. I don't know if I can trust you with the ultimate step, but I can trust you for the next one. And so I just started taking steps toward that. And God has been faithful in that journey. So the thing that I would tell myself, number one, is that none of it's wasted. Number two, I would tell myself to take the leap. Number three, I tell myself this. Be radical with sin. Q, if I could tell you anything, as a 30-year-old man now, I would look back at you and say, be radical with sin. A lot of the times, I think in our life, we just have this, this, this casual relationship with sin. I know for me, I did. My, my personal story is, is entrenched in, in, in going after my own way. My, my own story is entrenched in lust. My, my own story is entrenched in, in having this, uh, this secret addiction that no one knew about. And, and I just had this casual relationship with sin and I allowed it to just creep into my life and decisions I made then affect me today. Let me ask you, let, let me ask you, you, those of you who are watching at home, those of you who are in the room, if you were to put a relationship status between you and sin, what would it be? What's your relationship status with sin? What Would it be that that that, that you're in a relationship and it's complicated? Would it be that, that, that you're married to sin? Would it be that, that y'all are flirting? Would it be that y'all are friends with benefits? I'm gonna tell you right now, for myself, college age self, I had way too casual of a relationship with sin. 
And the interesting thing is Jesus never intended for us to have this casual relationship with sin. As a matter of fact, here's how Jesus said we ought to deal with sin and temptation in our life. Jesus said things like this. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. What? (laughs) Are you kidding me? He he said, if your right eye causes you to sin, just take a, a rusty spoon and gouge it out. He goes on to say this, and if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Now, I don't believe, this is me personally, I don't believe that that Jesus was saying literally do these things. But what Jesus is pointing to, what Jesus is letting us know is that there is no such thing as having a casual relationship with sin. Young Marquise, I got to tell you, you got to be radical with those things that could pull you away, that could pull you away from God's best for your life. And I don't stand up here as someone who is high and mighty to tell you what to do. I'm telling you as someone who has messed up time and time again, and I feel like there are times, although I have a microphone, I'm just you with a mic. And there are times in our life where we just become too casual with sin. I would tell myself, Marquise, you got to be radical. And now in my life, because I know my own pitfalls, I am radical with sin. I do irrational things. There will be, I told you, the, the thing that, that used to trip me up back in my college days was, was me just being this coward, this, this womanizer, this person who didn't want to commit. I was noncommittal, all of these sorts of things. And I just wasn't the person that I wanted to be. But, but I had a past full of brokenness and sexual brokenness and secret addiction. And so because of that, and knowing my history in, in middle school and high school and college, today, I, I, I just play no games when it comes to the very appearance of it. There could be, I could be, at, I, I kid you not, this is not me lying, I could be at a stoplight and I look, glance over, and there could be a woman in the car and she looks at me and I'll randomly, I'm sorry, I'm married. She could be thinking to herself, you ugly. You mocha, I like vanilla, right? But guess what? I'd rather look like an idiot in front of her than allow myself to do that thing that we all tend to do sometimes, get as close to the edge as possible as long as it's not sin. You know, we've played that game. Like, I, I, I deal with high school students a lot. And so high school students are always like, Marquise, I got this girlfriend now. Is, is it okay if we kiss? Is, is kissing a sin? Okay. Uh, is, is, is holding hands a sin? I'm like, okay, no, no holding hands. And I said, okay, is kissing laying down a sin? Okay, so if I like, if I didn't spend the night, but I stayed over till like 3 a.m. and then got up, is that a I'm like, bruh, you, you're trying to get as close to the line as you possibly can. And what Jesus is calling us to do is to be radical with the things that trip us up and draw us away from him. And every last one of us, we we have that thing. And I don't know what your thing is. Only you and God know that. But what I am encouraging and admonishing you to do at this age of your life is to be radical with the things that could cause you 
to trip up. I would tell my college age self, none of it's wasted. Take the leap, be radical with sin. And the last thing that I would say is thank you. I stand here today, 30 years old, and I look back at my college age self and y'all, I made some dumb decisions. I made some bonehead decisions. I've done some things that, that, that only I could look back in and discuss and think to myself, what was I thinking? But I gotta be honest with you, and, and I, I know as, as a communicator, what, what we're taught in, in, in school, when we, when we go to seminary and preach a class, they tell you, you, you're never supposed to be the hero of your story. You're supposed to tell self-deprecating jokes. You're not supposed to do that because you don't wanna draw or create distance between you and the audience. But, but I gotta be honest with you, there's balance with that. Because if I look back, if I look back at my college age self, the last thing that I would tell them is thank you. Because my college age self made some sacrifices and my college age self was obedient in some areas. And because of Marquise's college age self, self's obedience, I'm not where I wanna be, but I promise you this, I'm the husband that I am today. I'm the father that I am today. I'm the friend that I am today. I'm the pastor that I am today because of the obedience of my college-age self. I thought about this on my way over here, that really and truly, God is only responsible to look over his word contingent upon our obedience. He's only responsible for looking after our obedience. Anything after that is his grace and mercy. And I'm telling you that on the other side of your obedience is God's best. And when I say obedience, I'm not saying that you got to work for God's love. You got to work to get in good standing with God. I'm not talking about working to get God's love. God's love and God's best is, are two different things. God's love is free-flowing and unconditional. God's best is contingent upon obedience. So I just want to challenge you in saying that there's, there's some things that God has for you. It's on the other side of you, being obedient. So the four things that I would tell my college-age self is that none of it's wasted. Take the leap. Be radical with sin. And your 30-year-old self, Marquise, he thanks you. He thanks you for making that sacrifice. When you could have went left, whew, and you felt God calling you right, and you decided to do it. Because here's the bottom line to my entire message, and this is what I wanna leave you with. Your future reality hangs in the balance of the decisions you make today. Your future reality, it truly does hang in the balance of the decisions that you make today. You're not gonna get them all right. God knows that, I know that. But I'm telling you, when we start to put more burden on the decisions we make here and now, I think it sets us up for the future. Let me pray for us, and then Samra's going to come up and lead us into what's next. God, thank you. Thank you for today. God, thank you that I could look back 
at my college age self and, and say some, some really good things and some really harsh things. God, I'm praying for every student in the room tonight that, God, as they heard these words, that something landed with them, something resonated with them. Lord, I pray that whatever season that they're in, that they realize none of it's wasted. I pray whatever season that they're in, that they take the leap to go after what you've placed in their heart. God, I pray for courage for every student that you help them to become radical with sin. And God, I pray for their future selves to be able to look back at this season of life and say, thank you for your obedience. We pray all these things in your matchless holy name and all of TLR said, amen.